This is Savio. I've been seeking answers to some of life's most perplexing questions my entire life. In 2014, I was diagnosed with stage three cancer. And ever since, I realized my calling existed outside of what I knew to be familiar. This podcast is your home for survivors like myself and those who are searching to find meaning to their why. In season two, the show includes a mix of coaching sessions followed immediately by interviews with those from all walks of life who have been successful in the business, marketing, coaching, and financial worlds. The intent is to show the human experience in its rawest form so that others may glean insight. Nothing is rehearsed or has been edited. As a board-certified wellness coach, my job is to ask the deep questions of those trying to make sense of their place in this fractured world. I believe life speaks to us in different ways. Many of us listen, but don't know how or where to begin. As someone who has crossed the bridge between life and death, I say simply, begin where you are now and get busy living. If you liked today's episode, I would appreciate if you could share it and subscribe. Be sure to tag me at The Human Resolve so I can reciprocate in kind. So without further ado, welcome to The Human Resolve Podcast. In Season 2, Episode 7, entitled The One About Squashing Worry, Angel Jimenez's short temper is a flaw he wishes could melt. He discovers that inspiration and perspiration go hand in hand. Hi, Angel. Good to see you. Good to see you too, Savio. So what would you like coaching on today? Uh, maybe finding motivation in every day because so many people nowadays, it's a hard thing for them to find motivation to keep going and grinding every day, especially with the pandemic going on. Okay, great. So you would want to sort of talk about motivation generally, especially with outside forces happening in your life. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Exactly. Sure. Great. So what would be a successful outcome for today's uh, session? Feeling extra motivated for the next, for the next weekend, something like that, maybe. Feeling finding extra Finding that extra push to keep going, maybe, the next week. So finding that extra push to keep going for the next week. Motivation, yeah. Okay, great. So when I mentioned the word motivation, mm-hmm. is there anything happening in your body? In my body? I'm not sure. Yeah. I see you smiling, so is there, what does the word motivation conjure up? Uh probably strength to continue fighting persistence um, perseverance um success maybe even i guess because with motivation i guess you could have some success Um, those are the things that come to mind right off the top of my head so you perseverance success when i say the word success have you manifested that in your own life i think so i think if you achieve peace and happiness at some degree, uh, that's enough success. Um, other than just the more, I guess, materialistic items like money and stuff like that. And how have you forged that idea of success in your life? Just by being happy, grateful with the things I have every day, waking up and, I guess, forcing myself to think about the things I have in my life, the things that many others may not have and that I do and that I'm lucky to have, and being grateful with that, and that should give you at least some peace for the day. Mm. So you mentioned a few a few little gems there. You met you mentioned sort of thinking about the day and mm-hmm. and sort of re- realizing. Is there a process with that f- for you? Uh, I have to think about it. Um, I have to meditate. I guess reading sometimes helps. 
Um, if you read, you distract yourself from all these other things. Um, waking up early, I found that helps me think also a bit better. Um, instead of just sleeping in and waking up at like noon, if you wake up earlier, you might, your brain might be a bit more um, hyper or whatever, and you'll be, it'll be easier for you to think, at least in my case. Um, that's my process pretty much. Just wake up, wake up early if I can, read something maybe, and then meditate about it. I'm curious, like take me through a day that you consider ideal. Okay. Um, wake up early, meditate, read maybe a chapter or two of one of the books I'm reading. Then probably hmm, write a bit because I'm a writer, I'm an author. So I'll write a bit, maybe write another chapter or two of my book, eat breakfast, maybe work out, take a shower. And um, from there, I'll go to school because I have school often. Once school's done, get my homework done, be with the family. That's about it. And then go to bed at night. Has that routine changed since COVID? Since COVID? Well, I started a podcast when COVID started. So now I have a podcast to worry about often and every week. So it does change now a bit because now I have to worry about sending emails out every day, um, communicating with my guests or with people like you who will be hosting your own podcast. Um, but that that just adds a bit of a tweak to the day, and that's about it. Um, it still really just remains the same. The the yeah. basic things remain the same. Yeah. What do you think uh, you sort of garnered from this experience, especially within the last what nine ten months now we've been through mm-hmm. it? With COVID, are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's given all of us a time to. Stay locked in and think about ourselves like I was talking about, right? Meditate upon who we are, what we want to do. Now that we're locked down and we can't really do much, um, that's what forced me to do the podcast. So if I've garnered anything, it's going to be my podcast. The lockdown forced me to start something where I can still communicate with other people and at the same time get a message across, I guess, and at the same time have that peace with myself. What what do you think is the most... um important thing that the podcast has given you? I think it's giving me, a, a, aside from peace, a sense of reality maybe, what's going on around me, and I'm not so oblivious to all those things that are happening around me. And it helps you be grateful once again. You talk to people, people who've lost their sons, right, just recently, people who've had their house burned down in a fire, people who are struggling with cancer and stuff like that. And it kind of just kind of, opens your eyes up and you're like, wow, like, I did not know this was happening around me to people, people I know, people who live in the houses right next to me. And here I am maybe throwing a tantrum about something stupid because I didn't have pancakes for breakfast or whatever the reason is, right? And so it kind of gives you a sense of reality, kind of opens your eyes your eyes up to be more grateful around your blessings and what goes on in the world around you and not just you, you, you and your life. So not just you, 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 and your life. Mm-hmm. So what do you think the challenges are right now in your life? Probably making some progress with the podcast and the book, advertising it, um, and at the same time juggling school and keeping good grades up and working at the family restaurant and thinking about college as well because I'm nearing the end of my high school days and ready to go off to college as well. So juggling all those things up, that's probably the biggest challenge and keep up good standards, keeping the podcast um, 
themes good and the interviews, all of that, and keeping my grades up good, keeping my performance at work good, and still being happy with myself at the same time, right? And being ready for the next mountain that I have to climb up. So, I mean, you mentioned so many things there about grades and family restaurant and mm-hmm. the podcasts. And so how does Angel mm-hmm. get the motivation to do that? I think, like, like I stated at first, you have to be grateful. Think about the things you have. And always think about what you can do better. Right? We're all flawed. We all have flaws. Nobody's perfect. And if you think about it, I'm sure you can come up with one thing that you're flawed in that you can work on every day. Something you might do every day that you're like, I want to change that. Maybe I don't work out as much. I'd like to work out more, right? Be more healthy. Maybe I'm not as active, right? And I'm just sitting on the couch watching Netflix or just writing on my computer because that's what I like. But at the same time, I need to be more healthy. Maybe I'm a liar, right? And I like to lie to my parents or something. Work on that, being more honest. And I think by challenging yourself to change things about you and maybe improve yourself, that can give you some motivation at least in the day to keep going and at least work on those things if nothing else comes to mind. So if you were to identify a flaw of yours, what would that be? A flaw of mine? Well, I have a short temper, that's for sure. I can get frustrated very easily. Um, when I don't see progress, I get frustrated and I like to try to figure out the solution to it as fast as possible. And when it doesn't work, I have a short temper, right? And I tend to get frustrated with uh, the progress, with the system, with just the, yeah, just the whole process of going about building a podcast or building your book or getting good grades or um Life in general, just, right? Because life is a process and everything is a step to up a staircase, pretty much, right? It's life. Um, that's part of my flaw. I have a short temper and I get frustrated easily. If you're open to it, I would love to do a little experiment. Sure. Okay, great. I just want you to sit comfortably in your mm-hmm. seat. If you feel inclined or, or motivated to close your eyes or soften your gaze, that would be great. Okay. I just want you to take three quick breaths in. And three quick breaths out. We're just going to do a quick body scan. I just want you to breathe into the different body parts I mentioned. So top of the head, the eyes, the ears, the nose, the mouth, shoulders, chest, upper body, the hands, the legs, and the feet. And I want you to sort of think about this frustration you mentioned. When you think and feel frustration, where in your body does that reside? In my mind, I guess. In your mind. And if it had a voice, what would it be saying to you? Try harder. What aren't you doing? Try harder. What aren't you doing? How long has that voice been telling you that? 
probably ever since I released my first novel. Yeah, my debut novel. Was the voice content? Hmm. Somewhat, but it was still asking for more, I guess. And how do you deal with the voice on a day-to-day basis? I try to satisfy it. If it's saying, try harder, try harder. Have you never satisfied it? I have. Starting the podcast, releasing the first episode was enough to satisfy it for that month at least. Does this voice want anything else? Just to keep going, I guess. Get as far as you can. And what's the end game for the voice? Being at peace with whatever the end game is, I guess. Right? Wherever I end up. Has that voice served you well in other areas of your life? It has, I think. Um, in terms of family, maybe. It's taught me how to be more loving on my family. Try harder to be more loving. Patient. Generous. With friends. Mm. Yeah, that's, those are the main things. Patience with family, more loving with friends. And and how does that happen? If I find myself, I could be more giving to my family. Maybe my sister wants to do something and I'm far too busy, right? I have a podcast interview coming up in two hours and I have to prep. Um, but I know I have the time to at least maybe spend some time with her for about half an hour, right? Because it only takes me another half an hour to prep for the podcast. Then would it be more loving to spend time with her and try hard to be more loving on her instead of just being, no, 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 just me. I got to do what I want to do, even though I have time to be more loving on someone else and I can try harder to be loving on someone else. So that's kind of when that voice kind of comes in and says, should you be trying to be more loving on your family members when you have the time especially, right? And you're not on a significantly tight schedule. So that's like an example I could bring up. And when that happened, how did you handle it? I used to ignore it. And nowadays I'm more considerate about it and act upon it a lot more. And... um try harder to be more loving and not just on family but on friends co-workers people at school professors so it seems to me from what you're telling me is that the voice has always served you well sure has it been a negative in your life well because of my short temper I could get frustrated with the voice And I'll tell her to screw off or whatever, right, in my head. And that's when the lack of motivation comes in, right? Mm. When I tell that voice to leave, I really have no significant purpose anymore because I have nothing to tell me to keep going anymore. And especially with all the big things I got going on, a book, a podcast that I got to manage, having no motivation is kind of a dangerous thing to to have or to not have, I guess, Um, 
So that's that's the only probably negative negative aspect the voice has had, I guess you could say. When I tell it to silence, to be quiet, right, and I get frustrated with that aspect of motivating myself to try harder, um, then all motivation just kind of disappears. So if I had you hold in one hand motivation and this voice and another hand frustration and not feeling motivated, where does that reside in terms of your goals and aspirations in life? How do you mean? You know, you talk about the voice being beneficial because it moves you and allows you to do things and gets you motivated. And then you talk about if you ignore the voice, that's when you get frustrated and Mm -hmm. then you lack motivation. So Mm -hmm. how do the two live in harmony? So coexist. Um, I think everybody needs a time to to feel beaten or to feel um, without any motivation, feel tired, right? I think it is essential for us because those are the times we can also meditate on ourselves and see what went wrong. Mistakes, right? Mistakes help us learn and failures help us learn. It shouldn't be a bad thing um, if we learn to use those moments to our advantage and learn. Right. So if I were to say how these two can coexist together, well, it's that they both teach you different things, right? The frustration and defeat could teach you to learn from your mistakes and not do that again, try to find a different way. And on the other hand, you have the motivation and the voice that's always going to be persisting you to keep moving and keep moving past those mistakes um, towards your end game, your final destination. So Angel, if I just had the ability to make magic happen and I basically eradicated this voice from your head, the one that you mentioned keeps you motivated, Mm -hmm. what would life look like for you? I think I would be much more normal than most kids. Not every kid publishes a book at a young age, nor has a podcast, right? And I think this voice has pushed me um, to farther limits than a normal kid, frankly, would go to. So without that voice, I would probably just be focusing on grades, not even working at the family restaurant, just focusing on grades and thinking about what college I'm going to want to go to without really knowing what I want to major in or what I want to do with my life. I just know I have to go to college because that's what tradition states. Right, that's what people want me to do, because that's what everybody does. Unless you don't have the money, right, to go to college. So I think I'd be a lot more average and normal um, without the voice telling me to push harder and do this and do that and move on from this. Try this instead. And what do you think the benefit of being normal, like every other kid, would be for you? It's not much of a burden or a pressure to have to worry about a podcast, right, at such an early age. Um, it limits your network connections in terms of having friends and instead your network connections are more guests and people of higher standards I guess you could say people that are much older than you they have jobs they have careers and you're trying to network with them to raise sales on your books or listeners on your podcast therefore you don't have enough time to be hanging out with friends instead and going to birthday parties or whatever um, and stuff like that 
instead of eating lunch with your friends, you're focusing on your podcast and sending those emails for the 25 minutes you have of lunch. Um, so if there's a benefit of being more normal, it's you don't have that burden anymore of having to try harder and having to be more above than average. Um, that would be the only benefit I can see, or at least off the top of my head. And do you think that there's anything noble about that? About not having that burden. Um, yeah. I think sometimes it can teach you humility, right? To make yourself average like everybody else. It'll teach you that we're all the same, really. You can be a celebrity, you can have a book published at the age of nine, and you're still going to be the same as everybody else. We're all human. We're all flawed, as we stated. Um, so what's the difference? Because I have a book published at a young age, I'm better than someone else. Those people also have talents as well. Everybody has a talent. Maybe not everybody uses them at an early age, uh, but they might use them later on, right? So we're all born with talents and we're all born the same, right, Log logically. And so it teaches you humility to humble yourself and think of yourself as the same as everybody else. Maybe not, ne not necessarily average because if you tell yourself that you're average, you're never going to push for more. You're just going to settle at average. But if you humble yourself to the point where you're like, we're all the same, my book doesn't make me any better than this other person, nor does my, does my podcast then it teaches you humility. And I think that could be a bit more noble. Yeah, it's very interesting you mentioned the word humility. So if we was to sort of figure out what you came in with, this idea of frustration and mm -hmm. motivation, how does humility work in your everyday life now? I try not to boast a lot. Um, Social media is a big aspect for growing your enterprise and your work. I tend not to post a lot on social media because, again, I'm trying to create that humility, I guess, and not boast about my accomplishments and all this, even though that's what you need to do, right, sometimes to grow your, your business. Um, talking with people, I tend not to bring it up unless they ask me, like, hey, what do you do? Or... What college are you thinking about going to? Then I'll be like, oh, well, I'm thinking about going to this because I have this, this, this. But if they don't bring it up, I tend not to bring it up myself either, right? To create that humility, to create that space like we're all equal here, right? My podcast or my book is not going to make me better than you. So I don't bring it up. And I try to practice that a lot, actually, in everyday life when I talk to people. When I'm talking to customers at work, I won't bring it up unless they bring it up or my parents bring it up. So, so Andrew, what would be some action steps that you can maybe solidify that humility to be more, motiva more motivated but less frustrated? I think, again, peace comes to the bottom of that. Be at peace and grateful with what you have right now, right? I get frustrated because I don't see progress sometimes, right? Or I see like we're on at a big stop on listeners and it's not growing. It's not going down either, but it's not growing, right? And I want it to grow. But it is what it is. And if I can be at peace with that and grateful with what I have and humble myself that I'm just like everybody else. I'm trying something that many people don't try. But maybe one day it will grow. 
I'm sure will grow, right? With enough persistence and determination, then that frustration can easily go away with that peace, that gratitude that you have, right? That humility to humble yourself and you're the same as others, um, no matter what, right? And um, that's probably that's probably my answer to your question. Are there any resources or tools that you can use to sharpen that? I think each other. It's very important to have other people around um, because that those are kind of your guinea pigs. Those are who you practice with to improve yourself, right? I can't practice humility if I have nobody to practice it with, right? Am I going to be humble with myself? That's not the point. So I think each other is the most important thing one needs to improve yourself on those aspects. Improve yourself on those aspects. So, you know, you mentioned earlier about social media and not trying to brag or doing less of it. How would you handle an obstacle if someone's, you know, made a snide comment? On social media. I tend to also try to reply humbly. Um, like if they insult my work or anything or they insult me myself or a family member I'll, I think I handle it a lot like I would handle it at work at a, at a restaurant if somebody doesn't like the food I'll be like thank you so much for telling me I've learned it's better to tell them thank you than I'm sorry because then you kind of feed their negativity of hey you got this wrong and this and this so by you telling them you're sorry you're just feeding that even more so I tend to say thank you for telling me um, I'll make sure to work on that and blah, 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 right? Kind of ease the waters and not make a big deal out of it. Like I said, we're all flawed. Their mistake might be they like to ridicule or um, call out people in public. Right? That might be their thing. My flaw is I get angry sometimes with people very easily. I can have low patience, short fume, frustration. So if I think about that, we're all flawed. We all have different flaws. And if people are patient with me and my frustration sometimes, why can't I be more patient with them, right? And just show a little bit of humility and blow, shrug it off, right? So, Angel, we have about five minutes left, but, you know, we talked a lot about sort of your goals and aspirations, someone like yourself who um, is sort of, you know, young and, and very, you know, motivated. And then we sort of went into this area of frustration and, you know, humility. And how does this all land for you? How do you mean it? Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, how does this all, how do you process all that we spoke about today? Yeah, I think at the end of it all, we're just all trying to be better, I think. Even people who don't admit it, um, we all want to be better. We all like the feeling of being good and doing good in others' lives. I like to feel that I can inspire people with my novels and my stories even my podcast, the stories that others have to share. Um, I think in our lives, that's the most important thing we have, stories. But in order to, to do that, I think we have to be at peace with ourselves first. Because if we're not at peace with ourselves, we can't give that peace to others. And we can't help others if we're not helping ourselves first. And then, of course, showing humility. right? Not thinking yourself above others because that's when, that's when problems arise. right? That's when greed comes in. Um, uh, yeah, greed, just about every single thing you can have, right? And think of every problem in our society. It's all because we like to think of ourselves better than others sometimes, right? when we're not, and we're all equal. 
and we're all capable of doing the same things. But we all have different talents, so maybe we're not all going to do the same things. Some people are born to be musicians, others to be great physicians, um, some to be rulers and presidents and kings. Some people are born to serve others, right? And I think if you're at peace with that, um, then you can be at peace with yourself. And with that, you can give that peace to others. Mm. Yeah, very much so, this sort of idea of peace. Are there any triggers or rituals that you use to activate that peace? Yes, nature. I like to surround myself with nature a lot. If I'm feeling frustrated, my first go-to to get rid of that frustration and find that peace again is go out. I mean, we live in Colorado, so we got woods all over. Go out into the woods, take a short walk, sit down and soak it all in. The fresh breeze, the trees, the leaves rustling in the air, right? And that gives me a lot of peace. It reminds me about how beautiful the world can be if you choose to look at it that way, right? And next time you get frustrated, how can you bring that nature into that moment? If I don't have the nature right off the bat, and I don't have the access to nature wherever I am, I'll try to imagine it, right? I'll try to imagine the trees and the wind in my head. I'll close my eyes and I'll imagine it. I'll imagine myself sitting within the trees with leaves blowing in the wind, tall grass swaying in the wind, right? And just taking it all in, taking it all in. How does my face feel with the breeze? Uh, what am I hearing? What am I seeing? And that, I have found, gives me a lot of peace as well because it feels like I'm there, right? So if I was to have you ascribe a, a hashtag or a, a quote for all that you discovered today, what would that be? A quote? Like a famous quote? Like a quote from somebody else? Anything you or, want. Or just a quote from myself. Um, I think we have to be proud of who we are. Be proud of who you are and um, don't waver from that because when you waver from that, that's when doubt comes in. And when you doubt yourself, that's when, again, motivation leaves and um, everything goes to hell. So be proud of who you are and don't waver from that. Don't let the doubt beat you. That's beautiful. Don't let the doubt beat you. Well, Angel, we're coming to the end of our coaching session, but um, and now we're going to transition into an interview session. But I just want to know, are you... You know, it's a good place to end the session. I think it is. Sure. Yeah. Perfect. Great. So now we're going to the Q&A, and I'm just sort of curious with, you know, our listeners here. Tell us more about you. So I'm a teen author. I was born and raised in California, Los Angeles. Um, I moved to Colorado at the beginning of my high school years. And um, that's when I published my first novel, Age of the Kings, my debut novel. Now, Age of the Kings, I started writing that when I was nine. Wow. And um, I took a big hiatus around sixth grade, so I stopped writing half of it. And when I moved, um, I continued writing the second half. And we had to go through the whole process of editing, submitting it to a publisher, publishing it. Um, and that was a big hassle. That was a big commitment, right? And um, But that was released just this year. This this Yeah, this year. Yeah, we started Congrats. publication in 2019, but we finally released it this March. And uh, right off the bat, we had our first book signing at Barnes & Nobles as well and uh, attracted a good, nice crowd. Um, been doing good, but again, always working to boost those sales up. And um, now I'm looking to publish my the sequel to that novel in the coming year, 2021, hopefully. 
with the pandemic going on, we don't know yet. Um, because we want to do a launch party, we want to do a book signing again to attract the bigger crowd. And um, but with COVID, we can't do that. So we're gonna have to wait and see. But hopefully by next year, we'll have the second book out. Um, my podcast is called The Athenium, and as I mentioned previously, we started that in March. I started out with a co-host. I'm doing a solo now, and um, honestly, I found out that's a very nice thing doing a solo because it gives you more confidence in yourself um, that you can do it alone, right? Because many people like to do it with the co-host just to feel like, hey, I got a buddy here. If I'm going to get embarrassed or anything, we're going to get embarrassed together, right? But if you just do it alone, it boosts your confidence up a whole lot, right? And you have a lot more intimacy with your guests as well. Um, so I started that in March, the Athenium, and we're nearing the close to our season one this December. We got two guests left, amazing guests, I'm sure. Um, and that's that's the basics about who I am right now, yeah. Excellent. So where do you get your inspiration from? So as I mentioned previously, I get my inspiration from nature a lot. And then other from that, aside from that, um, from people, I get it from people a lot, especially as an author. Um, all my characters, their characteristics are things I've observed within other people. Like at school, my freshman year, I didn't have that many friends. In fact, I didn't have a friend when I moved to Colorado. So I would sit on the at, on the floor against the wall in the hallways of the school eating lunch alone. And I would just watch as people walk by talking about random stuff. And I would listen. Uh, e eavesdropper, right? So I would listen. And by the end of the year, I would realize that I know so much about these people and so much about how they act just by listening to them when they passed every day by me in the hall. And I use those characteristics to create my character in the story. And that's where I get a lot of my inspiration from. I just need to listen, listen to people, hear them talk, see what they do, how they act, what they say. And, um, and you got a character eventually. Mm -hmm. You mentioned a few things with the eavesdropping. I'm sort of curious, what do you think, have you found the similarities uh, in people? I have. Um, I mean, there are different types of people, um, so many different types of people, but there's always like uh, people who are more materialistic, right? And they think about more uh, inanimate objects and stuff like that. There are people who uh, are very shy and timid, uh, much, much how I was when I first moved. And, um, and when you find these similarities between people and what they act like, um, are they greedy or not? Um, are they more loving than other people? Uh, you, you can relate to them in many ways and compare and contrast how you are, how they are. And that way I think people can improve also with themselves. Um, by finding those similarities and differences within within themselves and other people, um, I think that might be an answer to your question. <laughs> yeah. And have you found things in observing that surprised you? I do, I do. And this was another eye opener for me when I listen to people. I would laugh to myself when I would hear the things they were complaining about and they acted like it was the end of the world with such minimal things super small like like I forgot to feed my pet hamster this morning so now I'm crying or my boyfriend broke up with me which is a more serious thing but I think 
it's still not the end of the world, right? If he broke up with you, maybe it's not meant to be or whatever. You're in high school. What do you care if he broke up with you, right? You're not going to get married. The, the possibilities of you getting married in high school, like rare, right? So I listened to these people and sometimes the things they complained about, it was like I wanted to laugh so hard right there in the hallway, but I knew I was going to look like an, like an asshole just laughing at them. And that helped me realize about the little things I was complaining about too. And therefore, I can work on improving those things too because I don't want to be like them either, right? And I want to set maybe a better example than what they were setting because I saw it every day in the hallways. Um, and I didn't want my family looking at me like that either or my friends. So I said, okay, I got to start focusing on what should I really be worrying about and what should I be worrying about less? So for my listeners out there who could be, you know, would be authors or comic book uh, authors or writers. What are some kernels of pearls of wisdom you could offer them? So you got to be very persistent, especially when publishing a book. Um, I had to re-edit, re-read, not just re-edit, re-read and re-edit my book um, seven times. I had to read the whole book seven times over because my publisher, and many publishers will do this, uh, publishing companies, they will not edit your book themselves. They'll send that book out to other freelance editors around the world. So these freelance editors, they have a different uh, English style of writing than you may be familiar with or than you would like your book to be revolving around. So when they edit this and you get it back, it's like, like make that change. It was unnecessary. You just made this worse. Why is this like that? You just changed my character's name. Right. And so that was a big mess because that's what that's what happened to us. And um, so we had to edit it ourselves. And so my biggest advice would be edit, edit your book yourself before you submit it to a publisher and keep grinding. The point with a book is you have to keep persisting. It took about it took about a year for us to finish the whole process, publishing process. And that's just editing and the cover of the book illustration. That's about it. Just two things that took about a year to finish because there's so much, right? And it's easy to feel frustrated sometimes. Like, this is never going to end. I'm going to be stuck in the same stage for the rest of my life and I'm never going to get this book out, right? But you have to keep persisting because at one point there's that tipping point in life where it's just you feel like you've been grinding forever, forever, forever. And then suddenly, whoop, you're going down. Like, you made it, right? You made it over the mountain. And that's the point. You just have to keep persisting. So what are your like non-negotiables when it comes to formulating your characters or you know your your podcast and and everything else you have going on? Elaborate on non-negotiables. Like what are some things that you will not do having, you know, you mentioned mm -hmm. there's a lot of yeah. learning curve with this whole process. What are things that you just absolutely say no to? Right. So on the podcast specifically, I don't like to sound all-knowing because I used to do that the first couple of episodes and I learned to start letting my guests speak for the majority of the time. I'll just ask the questions and let, let them give me their feedback, their life story um, because I don't want to seem like the, like the teacher or the mentor. I want the guests to tell their lives and hopefully that will serve as the teaching and the mentorship for the audience. In my books, I'm not too picky with my books because with my books, I like to include a lot of realistic aspects, things you'll see in your life. 
And quite frankly, you see everything in life, right? The good and the bad. Um, so I like to include whatever I can in the book, whatever is necessary. And I won't shy away from just about anything because I like to include everything. I like to give the world a, a message about what our society is like, whether it's good or bad, and yet make it fun for them to read, right? They're reading about a young boy fighting a fantasy world and dinosaurs and everything. Yet at the same time, I'm talking about fellowship and love um, and family and sacrifice and greed, right? And so I'm sending out all these different messages. At the same time, I'm just creating a fun story for them to read that's completely fictional. Um, so I'm not too picky with my books. I'll just include about anything. Is there any heart's desire that you can relate to with the characters you create? Yes. So the main protagonist of my novel is very largely based off of who I am. In fact, Age of the Kings is symbolically based off of my story and what I feel. Um, for example, the main protagonist goes into a fantasy world. He teleports there, right? When I wrote that scene, that, that large part of the book, I was going through a hard time, a dark time. So I wanted to symbolically represent the main protagonist going into a darker time of his life, going into a new world that he was unfamiliar with, right? This fantasy world with all these things that aren't supposed to exist. And so I, I largely base off my at least this book series, off of my life. So everything they feel um, are many things I felt before, too, in my youth. Um, so I like to include that a lot in my books. So what's uh, Angel Jimenez's, you know, dream? How does it all play out for you? Yeah. I hope I can inspire people to be better and to be dreamers. Like you said, I like that word, dream. Um, Cause I'm a dreamer, right? And I have aspirations of a bunch of things I want to do. But my main aspect is I hope I can be some sort of an example to set for people that can at least give them a bit of that motivation that maybe I was missing at some points in my life, right? And because of that lack of motivation, I wasted parts of my life. I wasted days. You waste a day, you're never getting that day back. Right? And sometimes it's because of that frustration or lack of motivation. So if I can create an example that people can always refer back to and think, that's right, I got to calm down, chill out, and keep grinding, right? then I think I'd be happy with that. And that's my final example. And I hope I can do that with my books and the podcast eventually. Yeah, And then don't forget that humility part you mentioned earlier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know what? Uh, so we're pretty much... Um, at the end of this interview. Uh, if you just want to tell my listeners, you know, your website, social media handles, that'd be great. Yeah. So as I said, I don't use social media that much. Um, my main one is Instagram. You can find me at official underscore Angel B. Jimenez. And you can find all my work on my website at www.ageofthekings.net. Wonderful, Angel. Well, this was an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate your time uh, and your energy. Uh, thank you for having me, Savio. It was a pleasure and an honor as well. Sure. Hi there. I really hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast episode of The Human Resolve. If you feel that others may enjoy this episode as well, please share socially at The Human Resolve. They can also visit my website, thehumanresolve.com, where I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions, daily prompts to move in the right direction, sync directly to your smartphone, 
and a subscription to my weekly newsletter where I probe into the secrets from living smarter to feeding your three brains. If you could also help me out and give me a review and rating on this platform, because I do care what you have to say, I would really appreciate it. Now, get out there, my friends, and get busy living.